What is up, MHR? And this is the Brian Dawkins, episode 20 of MHR Radio Podcast. Podcast. We need like a song. You know the really cool intro is Brandon Spano. He talks about bad men. If only we had like a guitarist and a songwriter on the blog who could like do that for us. Or someone that could record it. We'll figure it out. Um, hi everybody. We are. We shouldn't be as chipper as we are. We just lost. We just. And we don't. We did. We lose. We lost the Chargers. I hate the Chargers. I freaking hate the San Diego Chargers. We lost to the Chargers. It's almost been a full week. We're you know going to drop this podcast on Wednesday. It's six days later. Six days after the loss. And man, that I'm. I want to thank the rest of the NFL for sucking as bad as we did for making that pain go away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Particularly the Patriots. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mike. Mm-hmm. I guess the, uh, something to look forward to for all you guys is we have Joe Neeson on the show from the Denver Post, and uh, she could not be lovelier. Kyle, um, let us know about Joan. Yeah, Joan is very lovely. She's uh, the new nice young reporter from the Denver Post, the Broncos beat writer. Uh, I was at training camp when they opened up that job position, and actually a couple of people mentioned it to me like, hey, you're a blogger. You should, you should apply for the job. And for several reasons, I wasn't interested. Uh, you know, I love Mile High Report too much. That was the big one, right? Right, Ian? Right? <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, so I never got to meet Joan face-to-face. They hired her just after I left camp. I think it was right before the first regular season game. And so uh, we're going to have her on the podcast. We've been trying to get her on for a while. Um, she's uh, lovely. She's going to be just chipper for us, and it's going to be a good interview. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to the non-chipper stuff, which is the San Diego Chargers game. The Broncos never really had the game. I mean, there was, there yeah. was never really a time. No, you know what they did? They did. They absolutely had the game in hand on that first drive in which Peyton Manning drove down, scored a touchdown immediately. We're like, wow, this is going to be a blowout. <laughs> you muted your mic, Kyle. <laughs> we'll get back to you. <laughs> It's like, it's, like, it's like Bubba Caldwell kicked our ass. That's what the Chargers were thinking. Like, oh, geez, we don't stand a chance against these guys if Bubba Caldwell is going to kick our ass. <laughs> and they, they, the Broncos just could not respond. They couldn't put any sort of drive together at all in two full quarters. In the second and third quarter, the Broncos had two total first downs. It was absolutely ridiculous and absolutely pathetic. The offensive line just did not come to play. I knew I knew in the second quarter that the Broncos were going to lose. I knew – well, there's a thing, and, I, and it's a completely unscientific calculation, but when the Broncos receive the opening kickoff, they lose. They don't win for whatever reason, whether it's receiving the opening kickoff or not receiving the, the second-half kickoff. The Broncos just don't win when they don't receive – when they don't kick it off and, and receive the second-half kickoff. They definitely prefer – they definitely prefer to have that – that second opening kickoff. That's what they, they defer whenever they win the coin toss. They want it because they want Peyton Manning to execute his two-minute drill before halftime, put three points on the board, put seven points on the board, something like that, mm-hmm. and then get the ball back again to put seven more points on. That, that's a huge momentum shift in the game to be able to put 10, 6, 14 points on the board just by having two back-to-back possessions. And no matter how much time is left in the first half, even if there's 40 seconds left with two timeouts, They'll give it a shot. With Peyton Manning, you'll get three points out of that. That's why they love to have that second opening half kickoff. And that's when I knew the Broncos were doomed. When San Diego was marching down at that that end of the, end of the first half, uh, and it was, I don't remember how many, 45 seconds left, something like that, and John Fox is not calling a timeout. The Broncos, sure, the Broncos are going to get the ball back. They're going to have 30 seconds, whatever, 45 seconds. And John Fox isn't calling timeouts. Sure enough, Chargers score. Peyton Manning gets on and does like three drives in ten or three plays in ten seconds. Clock stops. There's still twenty seconds left on the clock. We've ran three plays now, but there's been no. Uh, you know, when calling those timeouts, you're saying you're saying to the offense, "Hey guys, I trust you. We're gonna go out and score. No matter what happens here, we're gonna even it up." And you know, you have my full confidence. And and John Fox just wasn't showing that by calling timeouts. We ended up getting the ball back. We had timeouts, but we also had three incompletions, so we didn't even need to use them. And then San Diego gets, ends up getting the ball back to end the first half. Um, they sat on it smartly, but um, you know, giving the ball back at the beginning of the second half created a 14-point deficit from which we could never overcome. I saw it as a lack of confidence in the defense. It was like I don't need to call timeout. They're going to score a touchdown here anyway. I guess, yeah, I guess you could do. Uh, 
glass empty, glass half empty, half full in that one. I mean, the real it was honestly, empty either way. <laughs> the real the real drive killer was Nate Irving jumping off sides on that punt that was inside the five yard line of San Diego Chargers. Had he not done that, I mean, that drive ultimately ended up in a score, but more importantly, ate up like eight minutes of clock time from which the Broncos never recovered. Like They just didn't have enough time at the end to, to put up the points that they needed to. A lot of people have been piling on Nate Irving. I'm getting a little bit over it. He jumped off sides. There were a lot of penalties in the game. It ended up costing the Broncos eight minutes, but you can't blame him in that one moment for the full eight minutes. you got to blame the whole defense for sucking for eight minutes. I mean, seriously, it can't be to the point where the Broncos cannot survive one single penalty or we blame someone for blowing the whole game. It's We, we just we just can't – if we have bigger problems if that's the case. And our big problems is a lack of talent on defense. Speaking of penalties, the Broncos are the – I think um, Katie last week might have pointed this out. That the Broncos are the third most penalized team in the NFL. And, and I don't know if it was that drive, but Dukey and Nacho definitely capped off a drive with the pass interference play that, that got the Chargers much closer to the goal line, which eventually they scored from. You know, I hadn't heard that stat. I don't remember Katie saying that either, and I hadn't read it either. Uh, but it, it feels like the Broncos have been, have been penalized a lot this year. It definitely feels like that. So Mike McCoy's uh, week before the game prediction that they would beat the Broncos comes to uh, fruition, and the Broncos are, you know, we're fine. Still the first seed in the in the AFC. Whatever. I hate the Chargers. <laughs> I hate the Chargers. I but here, hate the San Diego Chargers. Here's here's what I want, Kyle. This is what I want to happen. I want the San Diego Chargers to earn that sixth seed. And I want the San Diego Chargers to come back in Denver. And it's not going to be an unseasonably warm game. It's not going to be 44 degrees for the San Diego Chargers. Like, I can't even see my breath. I want it to be 10 degrees on the San Diego Chargers. I want Phil Rivers coming back to Denver. And I want Peyton Manning, like, shutting up, them up in the divisional game. Um, he wants a cold weather game? I mean, you have to buy into the stigma a little bit about Peyton Manning in the cold. I'm hoping if we have home Broncos playoff games that they're not unreasonably cold ones. We're in a different – I mean, the, the one cold weather game I can point to and say, yeah, that probably did it, was the divisional game last year in the, in the playoffs. It's just a, – it's a different situation right now. We have – you know, if it, let's say, you know, God forbid one of the Broncos running backs is hurt. We, we have an comparable running back this year, whereas last year we were depending on the rookie uh, Ronnie Hillman to, to carry us, and he's just not the back that's going to carry us through that game. But we, this year we have Monte Ball. We have no Sean Moreno. We have um, – C.J. Anderson uh, and Ronnie Hillman stuff. <laughs> Poor Ronnie Hillman. <laughs> a whole lot of good those guys did us last week. It was just the offensive line for me. That really is where I put all the blame. I think uh, Topher, we did the MHR studs and duds. Uh, it's kind of our article after the game, if you haven't seen it, where we highlight just the good and the bad. This player did well. This player did bad. This coach did well. You know, whatever. And he put the running backs as studs for their receiving yards, for their pass blocking. And he talked about the fact that the rushing game, every single rush that those running backs tried to run, every single one of them, they were hit behind the line of scrimmage or within one yard of the line of scrimmage. A running back should be able to expect to get to the line of scrimmage cleanly. The offensive line did not come to play, and the Chargers' defensive line, they read the Broncos' offense. So one of the, one of the I guess, Bubba Caldwell, we could, we could talk good about Bubba Caldwell. Bubba Caldwell had two touchdowns. He wasn't straight up replacing Wes Welker. I think Decker kind of would yeah. have been more along the lines of the replacement Welker, but Bubba Caldwell replaced Derek Decker. Yep. And had two touchdowns. Um, scary thing is, is that, you know, let's say Wes Welker isn't able to go. The Broncos reserve receiver behind them is Trendon Holiday. Um, they can use Jacob Tammy in, in, a, in a receiver type situation, but they didn't at all in the San Diego game. And I don't know why that was. Bubba Cobble had a hell of a game too. That special teams play he made was was pretty remarkable. Yeah. You got that stop within the one yard line by by getting both feet back in bounds from the end zone. It was very well done, well well coached and well executed. Yeah, he's kind of like the. I always expected kind of Matt Willis to be that for the Broncos, and he, and Bubba Caldwell plays the position much much better. Special teams ace. Um, guy's always first around the ball for, for better or worse. And, and now he's catching touchdowns. You know, he's played, played his full game, two touchdowns. That's not bad. You think he'll get an invitation to Duke? <laughs> I'm, I, I don't see why not. I mean, how, how much more can they, uh, Brandon Stokely's still playing, but you got Brandon Stokely on the Ravens and you got Austin Colley on the Patriots. Like, how about you invite some Broncos to, to, 
Camp Duke next year at Peyton. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> uh, I get when those guys are out of work, when Stokely's not working for another team, when, when Austin Collie's not working for another team. But we got we got four capable receivers in Denver that are all willing to uh, pay that $300 bill that you stuck with Eric Decker with last <laughs> training camp. Um, so, yeah, I, the defense has been the talk of the – talk of the week um people are mad at the secondary people are mad at the the defensive line people are mad at the linebackers and the broncos are making moves they're moving west walker they're moving uh dookie and nacho champ bailey's still not healthy um what what do you do kyle what what's your what's over here you got one one thing immediately improves the defense what is it you know, I think the Broncos did the same thing that I would have done, which was signed a big defensive tackle from free agency. They did that with, uh, I can't pronounce his name, but his last name is Fua, Fua, I don't know. Uh, yeah. they, they, they signed him, and I would have done the same. We needed a big body in the middle after we lost Vickerson. I think Vickerson's loss, plus just the decisions we made in the offseason to kind of let the defensive tackle get young, we drafted Sylvester Williams, we didn't keep some guys from last year, uh, it put the Broncos in an interesting position that they just, I mean, Terrence Knighton has been an improvement, but he's not enough. We just weren't deep enough. The Broncos have had good depth in a lot of positions. We weren't good at depth on the defensive line. And I think that's where we're hurting the most that opponents are able to get off the defensive line, get right into the linebackers face and running backs have six yards to run cleanly. It's just ridiculous. We saw it against the chargers and with, you know, a team like the chiefs, as hot as that offense is right now, I, I would dread facing the Kansas City Chiefs for a third time in the playoffs, and I mean dread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean just it, beating any team three times in a season is, is difficult. It, but it is. you got uh, Jamal Charles putting up five touchdowns in a game, um, four of them on receptions. You know, the Broncos managed to to keep him off the you know out of the end zone and on the ground, but. I don't know Danny Trevathan chasing that guy around for another four quarters, how that's going to end for the Broncos. Like, how does that end well? But I, th- I agree with you. I, a lot of people blame the secondary, but in reality, you have to have a per- – it's a, it's, a, it's a gear, you know, and, and the, the defensive line's a gear and the secondary's a gear, and one can't move without the other. And you see the Broncos uh, picked up a free agent today. They had a signing, uh, Jeremy Mincy from the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So he, he worked directly underneath – Jack Del Rio, two seasons ago, Mincy, under coach Jack Del Rio, had 12 sacks in the season. Um, last year, he had, I think, four. He did not have his – and then this year, he's kind of been like a, you know, quote-unquote problem child. He got cut from the team, showing up late for meetings. And, and being late. Yeah, if you, if you look at his, if you look at his uh, Twitter timeline, it looks like maybe he had some personal issues going on around Thanksgiving. Uh, he's apologizing to his family for um, – some type of disappointment. I don't know that it was a public disappointment, but he felt like putting it on Twitter. Uh, to make room for Jeremy Mincy, they got rid of center J.D. Walton, who had been a starter um, as, as late as last season. What a surprising I, move that was. I was, I was not. You were not surprised? No, I was not. I was not expecting it at all. J.D. Walton of all the team. I just, I'm confused. You were surprised, or you, were you expecting it, or not? Were you surprised, or not? I was. I was not expect. I was expecting J.D. Walton to be like, you know, as soon as Manny Ramirez got hurt, J.D. Walton steps in and is the new starting center for the Denver Broncos. So I was very surprised that he cut. I mean, he yeah. was. Our, he was what, a third round draft pick. Wasn't that what he was in 2010? Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty high draft pick. That's a pretty high draft pick to be cutting just because he was injured. The Broncos gave up on that investment. They said enough is enough with this injury. And it's the type of situation where maybe we don't know the whole story as far as that injury. I've heard some rumors from some people who cover the Broncos that they weren't sure he would ever come back from that injury. And maybe that's what this represents. At least it means that the Broncos aren't going to keep that spot for him anymore. And he's not hurt enough to put on injured reserve. The Bron- if the Broncos could have, they would have. But they didn't want to pay him anymore. He was healthy enough for them to cut. And he's gone. If anybody gets the contract anyway. He, he was waived, so the Broncos actually... At the end of the day, he was a, you know, Josh McDaniels guy, and, and, and I, I, I don't know that it comes into play whether it's McDaniels guy or an LA guy, but there are players probably more deserving of being cut than JD Walton. But then again, JD Walton's not making the the game day active roster, so 
she's just you know who's who's our bottom guy and it was him we wish you the best jd i think i spoke with him at training camp a couple of times he's a good guy i spoke with him i saw him wheeling around at training camp this year um, oh yeah <laughs> he had his little cart it's, it's like one light cart right yeah yeah. I didn't understand who that was at first. I, I didn't. I didn't recognize him. He had kind of longer hair. He looked different. Anyway, but uh. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we got uh, Joan Joan Neeson from the Denver Post coming up. Uh, stick around. She's kind of awesome. Hi, Joan. Hey, how are you guys? We are both very good. Actually, I mean, as good as can be after last Thursday. The NFL helped us out. We were doing pretty poorly Friday and Saturday after that Thursday night game, and then the rest of the NFL that mattered decided to lose too. So Broncos fans are doing a lot better now. Thanks. (laughs) I mean, even I was kind of like, I don't want to go to Foxborough again. I don't want to (laughs) travel. I remember seeing like a twit pic of you, and like your hair was like ninety degrees to the right, and you would look like you were absolutely frozen in Foxborough. It was the coldest I've been in a long time. It was awful. So you're kind of from where are you from? I'm from St. Louis originally. I grew up there, but I haven't lived there since I left for college. Okay, and then where? So college was in Georgetown, right? Yeah, I went to Georgetown, and then I went to grad school at Mizzou, so I was close to home then, and then. I lived, I interned in New York and Dallas, and then I moved to Minneapolis, and then I moved to L.A., and now here I am. (laughs) And where did you, like, where's your, are you even a football fan, or do you, like, are you, like, a Royals fan, or? Cardinals. Cardinals, okay. So that's the St. Louis Cardinals, the baseball team, not the Cardinals in Arizona. Yeah. So I had to clarify, yeah. (laughs) So that's, like, the one team I can cheer for without, like, I can still kind of feel some emotion toward, I guess. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and then college-wise, you end up cheering for Mizzou, I'm assuming. Mizzou football, Georgetown basketball. Okay. Well, you've got it all figured out. That, that sounds great. Um, so welcome to Denver covering the Broncos. We feel like you've become part of our Broncos family as, you know, all of our <laughs> listeners. Uh, we kind of we, – we were missing Lindsey Jones. Have you, have you gotten anyone who says that you're the new Lindsey Jones? Is that anything like that? You're getting emails like that? People joked about that when I got here, and I mean, I've gotten to be good friends with Lindsay, and she's great, so that's a, definitely a compliment. I hope that I'm someday as good as she was, she is and was on the beat, because she's great. Yeah, she was great. I, I got to get to know her over training camps over the years. Um, as, as far as this job goes, how excited are you to be in Denver covering the Broncos? Is this one of your dream jobs? What is your dream job? What? Tell us a little bit about yourself and where you want your career to go. Uh, in the long run, I'd like to be somewhere where I'm writing long-form type sports features, you know, a little longer than we're putting out every day in the post. But, um, you know, that's years and years down the line. Um, for now, I mean, this is great. This is Yeah, it's a, it's a great place to be. It's a dream to be here. I mean, I'm, I'm 26 years old. Like, there's no way if you told me this, you know, three, four years ago, I would have ever thought I'd have a job this great. Um, I was doing NBA before this, and I do miss the NBA a lot. But I, I'm coming around to football. I am. <laughs> basketball is a lot of fun so in Lindsay and you guys you guys cross paths sort of often I assume oh yeah 
at least on Twitter. I know, and you guys interact back and forth on Twitter. She seems to be like an older sister has your back type thing. She's great. I mean, she's at Broncos pretty much every day, um, mm-hmm. still, unless she's traveling. And for the beginning of the season on the road, I mean, she traveled with the Broncos for pretty much until I want to say New England most weeks. Um, so that's been fun to have someone, you know, to hang out with. It's a little closer to my age on the road. Not that it's not fun to hang out with Kiz and Mike and Woody, who are also great. But um, she was around a bunch. You were definitely the new kid on the block, though. Like, whenever there's a picture of the press at training camp, people be like, who's the blonde? It's not, <laughs> not Lindsay, the other blonde. <laughs> my hair's really blonde. I kind of hate it. It kind of makes me stick out a little bit. It's Yeah, it's tough in Denver with all these tall, blonde, blue-eyed folk. Yeah, I'm sure. Isn't that... <laughs> you two are just two peas in a blonde, blue-eyed pod. <laughs> so, People don't know exactly what I look like, though, which I, that's okay. <laughs> I like being anonymous. You, speaking of being anonymous, you got uh, you get called Joni. Is that right? Like every now and then, like a like do you think, mailers <laughs> that, and I, I don't understand. That's, I, that's not my name. When you said it, I immediately thought of uh, Mad Men. Yeah. You watch, so like, he gets yeah. called Joni every now and then. Or, so it's like, it's either Mad Men fans or really old people. Like, well, I mean, only really old people have my name in general. There's no, there's no one who's like, I've never met anyone named Joan under the age of like 50. Ever. Yeah, I think you're, I, I'm with you. Actually. Yeah, I am too, actually. <laughs> I can't think of anyone. That's too funny. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd, we'd love to talk with you more and have a little bit of fun we're going to save that for the end of our segment with you okay. we'd like to talk with you a little bit about the broncos and tap into your expertise tap into your opinion get, give you a chance to to give us your take on some of the hot stories in denver right now and one of the bigger ones for broncos fans at least the hardcore broncos fans has been the change in position for two players on the defense that's wesley woodyard and duke Nacho. not change in position but change in starter status the last two games they've been benched at least at the beginning of the game uh what is your take on that? Uh, what have you heard and what have you thought about that move? Um, I would say the first first thing to take away from it is, you know, after that first game when no one really saw it coming with either of those guys. And after the game, we were all, you know, very curious, obviously. And John Fox said something to the effect of, you know, well, other guys have earned the playing time. And yes, but guys don't earn playing time unless there's playing time to be earned. So there's that. But conversely, I mean, we've seen two weeks of, you know, Omar Bolden and Paris Lennon getting a ton of reps. And, I mean, it doesn't seem like they're appreciably better than what came before. Um, that said, I think injuries are a concern with both those guys. Duke's, Duke's ankle has been sort of a, an off-and-on thing. And, um, and Woodyard, that next stinger he had, um, still kind of lingering. So the fact that especially Woodyard played more snaps last – more defensive snaps last Thursday – you know, that says a lot to me in terms of they are, I think they are going to work him back in. And he's, he just hasn't played as well this year, though. I mean, when you look at, you know, look, I kind of crunched the numbers a few days ago. And I mean, it's, it's, he hasn't played as well. And part of that's that he moved, he changed positions a little bit this year as well. I think that goes into it. But I mean, I guess this is the time to experiment, but that defense is kind of a train wreck. So, so you're, you're an undergrad, you were in economy, right? You're in economy. I was an econ major, yes. Does that, how, how often does that play into, like your educated guesses towards do you ever use it at all or when you said you've crunched the numbers i like math a lot which is why i was an econ major um i'm weird and most i feel like most writers do not like math um so i love math that's good (laughs) so that helps in terms of like i feel like understanding numbers and just understanding like data sets and things like that um that's a lot of what being an econ major is, is like all kinds of you know just numbers so i think that's nice that numbers don't freak me out (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're talking about numbers. We go over often on the show. We'll go over like the pro football focus numbers, where Ian Nacho has been in a negative for probably like eight weeks now, Kyle. Maybe, maybe more. Um, and 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 I don't know that Wesley. Wes, first of all, Wesley Woodyard. It's like, hey, play a position that's not your position, and now we're going to bench you because you're playing middle linebacker, even though you're a weak side linebacker. But um, if you're crunching numbers, like, are you able to say? Like, give a projection, or are you not comfortable saying something like that? In terms of what? As far as, like, you're seeing a trend, Wesley Woodyard's declined over the last 
four or five weeks, but he was prior to that he was certain worse injury. But it's hard to say. I think the injury is such a big part of it with him, especially. Is that's a those things kind of stick with guys. Um, So it's hard to say. I think you know, getting him some rest might be a good thing, but at the same time, I mean, the defense has just been so bad. It's like, how do you take a guy? Is if if the replacement isn't any better, how do you take him out? Right. So some people have thought, conspiracy theorists maybe, that economics, we're talking about economics, might play a factor in this. Um, Wesley Wood, I believe, is a free agent next year. Is that right? Yeah, he wants a new contract. Uh, and I've heard that too. But if you're on a path to the Super Bowl and that is your end goal and your defense is not your strong suit, you don't take out a player like that because of a contract. It's hard to argue that. You're right. I mean, when you put it that, that way, just that bottom line, I, I can't even argue any point with that. Yeah, that's the one thing. I mean, and you're not the first person to ask that question to me. I mean, and I know Mike Kliss has gotten, you know, similar people asking him that as well. We talked about it last week, but I don't know. Kind of got a shrug with that one because, meh. When you look at the defense last year versus this year, and there's really not that many differences. You have Dukey and Nacho in, it, in secondary. Raheem Moore's out, so there's not really an option to – flip-flop those guys again. You have Elvis Dumerville gone, but Sean Phillips has been a worthy replacement. Um, so like, it's like, and then you look at the history with John Fox and Jack Del Rio, like they've never had worse than a second overall defense in their history. They've only coached together. Like this is their third year, I think, or maybe their fourth. Um, but yeah, like it's, 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 it's kind of difficult to figure out what is the X factor in them not doing well is it the fact that they're getting more passes this season or maybe teams are running on them more often in certain situations I think it's just they've never found an identity I mean you start out with Vaughn suspended and then kind of the minute Vaughn got back I think it was that game that Woodyard had the neck injury I want to say unless I'm off but it was right around then and just in general they've never had all their personnel at once and I just don't think they've ever really – they still feel like their best play is in front of them. And I know that's something coaches say all the time, but I think it's kind of true. I mean, Vaughn hasn't – Vaughn's been, you know, flashes of Vaughn, but not the Vaughn you see last year. And honestly, looking at those numbers too, I kind of looked at – I forget what the cutoff point was. I think it was 15 sacks. And how many guys who have had 15 sacks two years in a row? I mean, it's a tiny, tiny list because it's just hard to replicate that kind of stuff. Um, I think the other – thing there is they are a little bit younger this year on defense and with all of the changes I think that's hard for young guys I talked Chris Harris had a good point on that recently I asked him just how tough it is to make all those changes even if it's to the defensive line which you know he doesn't have a huge you know that's not a huge impact on his job in the secondary but all works together and he said you know they're just so young that it's it it gets tougher to have to make those changes so much right and maybe maybe it's the Broncos that are agreeing with you because they're putting in a guy like Paris Lennon, who, you know, and you're missing Champ Bailey. And now we've lost uh, Kevin Bickerson. Like, it's, it is really, really young. So, yeah, the defensive tackle position is one one position where I think the Broncos have really hurt. They kind of came into this season a little light on that position. They drafted Sylvester Williams early, but he was inactive. And now with Kevin Bickerson gone, t- to me that's the biggest issue, is just the defensive line isn't as stout, isn't protecting the linebackers. Uh, but that's my take. Um, here to talk to Jones. Sorry. <laughs> I, I get on my soapbox sometimes when it comes to personnel with the Broncos. I agree. Let me ask, that's been big. That's been definitely a big factor. The defensive line. I, and, you know, people keep harping on the secondary, but it's like, yeah, you've got to get some pressure from somewhere or, or at least stop the run. Like, why? If we got to commit everybody in the secondary to stopping the run, they're going to be able to pass on us. And you're missing Champ Bailey, whether, regardless of whether people feel he's lost a step or not. You're missing Jan Bailey. Exactly. Like, even if he were playing and you were playing poorly, no matter what, you're, you still don't have the champ that you had in the past. Right. And yeah. now we're wondering if we'll ever get him back. Uh, yeah. ch- changing to the offense, Wes Welker, um, some people have suggested that he'll probably be coming back this week. What have you heard in that regard? I wouldn't be surprised if he came back this week. Haven't heard too much because they don't do an injury report at all on Monday. Even though they practiced yesterday, they don't, they're not obligated to tell us anything in terms of injuries. He didn't practice, though. Um, but he's such a competitor. And, you know, it's just the, the speed at which guys come back from concussions in the NFL is absolutely terrifying to me. Um, you know, if I were the Broncos, I'd shut him down for the regular season. 
But we had our, our guest last week was a neuroscientist, and she she was all for shutting him down for the rest of the season. Yep. I, I mean, they're going to win these last two games, and I don't know what benefit putting Wes Welker out there with the risk of getting another concussion is for them. And then with Derek Wolf, I mean, he's officially being listed as, like, illness. But, mm-hmm. I mean, illness has come from things like concussions. So, and then last year we dealt with you weren't you weren't you weren't with the Broncos last year, but Tracy Porter was another quote unquote illness that just stuck the whole year from week week two through, I think like week fifteen or sixteen, and then finally he came back and then he was hurt again. Yeah, and I think there when that Wolf thing first happened, Mike Kliss kind of compared it, you know, to the Tracy Porter um, situation, and they're not giving us a ton of information. Um, because I think for them, you know, this is not a dislocated hip. It's not, you know, a sprained ankle. It's, it's an illness and that's a different thing in terms of disclosing information, which I totally understand. Um, you know, these seizure like symptoms he suffered on the bus and I, there's, I don't know what a seizure like symptom is besides a seizure. Um, and yeah. Yeah. today, what they did today in terms of signing another defensive lineman, um, from things that I've heard, I, you know, I think part of that reflects they're a little worried about maybe he won't be back as quickly as they were hoping. So, yeah. And we all saw him in preseason get carted off in the mm-hmm. emergency vehicle. So maybe he's just been tough enough to get through that. But I think he's another player that possibly, I mean, like give him the rest of the season off. He's 23, 24. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say, especially not exactly knowing what's wrong. But with the information we have, kind of, kind of got to wonder. So Peyton Manning and the Broncos are chasing records this year. They have two games left for Peyton Manning to break the the big record. Everybody talks about the big record, and that is the passing touchdown record. What do you think John Fox and the Broncos will do if everything were to go right and the Broncos were to clinch home field this week? They could do that with a Broncos win, a Chiefs loss, and a Patriots loss. Say Peyton Manning doesn't make that record. Do you think John Fox lets Peyton Manning go in there and go for 51? Yeah. Because John yeah. Fox doesn't have the last save Peyton Manning does. <laughs> that mean, is fascinating. That's Peyton a good. That's play until Peyton wants to play, I think. And I mean, what you just said, the scenario you just outlined in terms of them getting home field this weekend isn't a crazy thing necessarily when you look at how banged up the Patriots are with losing Gronk. And then, I mean, the Chiefs have two tough opponents to wind up the season, and the Broncos have two easy opponents. So, yeah. The Chiefs, the Chiefs play the Colts, and the New England Patriots are playing at Baltimore against the Ravens, who must win in order to stay in the playoffs. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They could both definitely drop those games. But yeah, yeah. Um, Tom Nalen addressed this uh, earlier. He was, he was talking about Mike Shanahan actually telling Elway where to throw it. And he's like, no one tells Peyton Manning where to throw it. <laughs> no. I think the trainers can tell Peyton what to do in terms of sitting out of practice or something, but that's kind of the extent of what anyone tells Peyton to do. <laughs> What's it like so we, covering Peyton Manning? What, what, I mean, this has to be a dream. He's one of the NFL's all-time greats. He's the reason that Lindsey Jones is an NFL reporter but still in Denver. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's Peyton Manning. It's why USA Today has Lindsey Jones here in Denver. What's it like? You know, he, he keeps his distance from all of us, um, and I think part of that is because, you know, Grant – five minutes with Peyton to one person and 90,000 other people are going to want it. So it's very regulated when you get Peyton and when you don't. But, I mean, just watching him this close, it's kind of cool to be part of, you know, not part not part of the team, but to be covering something like this that's, you know, potentially so record-breaking. And he's a funny guy. He's he's really smart, too. I mean, he's kind of a dork. Um, I feel like he's kind of a football dork, if you know what I mean, because he doesn't have – he's not the most athletic guy in the room. He's not – any. he's just – he's smarter than everyone else. And that's really cool to see for me, just how, you know, how hard he works and just how intelligent he is about the game. You're talking to a bunch of football dorks. So we'll, <laughs> we'll take that as com- as a compliment to be in Peyton Manning's company. <laughs> did you, did you guys catch the kissing Susie Colbert post of Peyton Manning? Like he had his, you know, that picture of where he has his helmet on, he's got his foot in the pool and his iPad. And then they put him on like a rocket and then they put him on. They photoshopped it. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Okay. It's it's amazing. It's about as amazing as it sounds. Hopefully I made it sound amazing, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so one thing we do with all of our guests 
on our shows, we have a. Ha, I don't. I don't know if you're prepared for this, so you're, feel free to abs- say absolutely no. But um, we have him tell a creepy Twitter story. Okay. Do you have a creepy Twitter story? About a creepy follower, something. Creepy, like creepy follower, creepy like request, creepy tweet. Yeah, tweet like so, I'm standing right behind you right now when you're walking down the Denver Street. Oh, um, I used to get creepy ones in my old job. I would do, um, I work for FoxSports.com and I would do um, the, like I would do pregame and halftime shows once a week during, um, during games. And for the home games, I would get weird, like, oh, look to your left and like marriage proposals. I mean, I just get a, like a, a lot of marriage proposals, which is kind of weird. <laughs> oh man, I have the same problem. <laughs> most, most male guys in sports do, I would imagine. Um, but it's never gotten to the level of super creepy because you just don't respond. Uh, we've gotten some super creepy stories. The last one was kind of a doozy. <laughs> we had we had a girl get um, Patriots fan requested a bet, and then the bet was paid off or was requested to be paid off by her sticking her feet into cake while making grunting noise. Oh my god! What was Avery Schlereth? Avery Avery Schlereth had a had a pretty decent. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have we'll have a we'll have a best of guests creepy stories at some point. We'll we'll hash that out for all of our listeners. Joan, can we ask you a couple of personal questions? There are things that Broncos readers would love to know. You are sure. sure, Great. You are, uh, as you said, twenty six. You don't have to give us your age, but thank you. You're very, you're very pretty, and Broncos readers would love to know if you were single and if you would ever date a hardcore Broncos fan. Yes, I am, but no, I wouldn't. No, you would not. Why oh. not? It's a lot of mixing work with work. Like I don't like talk about the Broncos at a bar. Like that's the last because you go like I make up jobs first of all when I go out because like telling people my real job is just like tell me about everything Broncos related or football related or NBA related. And it's like, I'm off for like two hours a week. I don't want to talk about this. So that's sort of the problem. So before um, I started working for Mile High Report, I worked um, in television CBS and I worked with a female reporter who was tall, blonde, blue hair. She's like six foot three. And we covered, we would go in and we were on television. So we would cover after the games, we'd be, like, in the locker room, and the players were just, like, like, they'd stop an interview to walk over to talk to her oh. on live television. Like, I, I've never seen Ron Zapolo more pissed than when Clinton Portis, like, left the live shot to go <laughs> to talk oh, to my God. reporter. Oh, have you noticed, um, have you ever, have you had a moment where you're like, yeah, that probably wouldn't have happened if I weren't female, or, or that probably happened because I'm female? Um, only little, like, goofy things where, like, a player will, like, hit me on like tap me on the shoulder and run away and stuff like that um I don't that's trending holiday right demarius does that demarius oh. is out doing that sometimes it's funny um but no i mean not really i think there's a way as a female in a locker room to dress and to act that like i, I don't wear dresses and skirts and things it doesn't get you written about in the new york post while uh, the jets call you everything in the book yeah, when I was in grad school, actually, that happened when I was in grad school, and I guess some like intro journalism class at Mizzou had the k- kids like write something about that, like find a way to have a take on that. And I was covering the football team at the time for the paper in Columbia, and I got probably twenty email requests from these. Every single kid in the class wanted to interview me for that story because <laughs> I was like the only female sports reporter they could find. <laughs> Oh, God. so I talked to like five of them, and I was like, "I'm done. I can't talk this about this anymore." <laughs> that's too funny. Uh, thank you, Joan, for coming on the show. I guess the last question would be, um, for me at least, is what has been your favorite part of covering the Broncos? What's, your, I mean, moving to Denver, maybe uh, just this whole experience as a whole. What, what have we enjoyed the most about it? I've honestly loved Denver. If that counts as an answer, um, I was clueless as to I. Been to Colorado before, I think flown into Denver, but I'd never spent time like in Denver and had like no expectations. Um, moved from LA and I loved LA and had some good friends out there, so it was sort of sad. But 
Denver's been great. I mean, it's so much fun, and the people are so nice, and everyone at Broncos has really been great, too. I mean, the media, people who work for the team, they're all, like, couldn't ask for better. So it's been a really easy sort of transition in that respect when you look at, oh, just go cover this team who might be going to the Super Bowl. It sounds more daunting than it's been, I guess. I think a lot of us can relate to that. We we fell in love with Colorado probably before we fell in love with the Broncos. And I mean, as a young boy, that was me, for sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. We will uh, include how you can follow Joan in the post, so feel free and click that and give her a follow. She's a great game day follow, but also during the week. Uh, thanks again. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Joan. Thank you once again. That was Joan Neeson from the Denver Post. You can follow her on Twitter at, at Joan Neeson. Last name is N-I-E-S-E-N. We will link it as well within this post. Kyle, what an awesome interview. That was great. We'll be back right after the break to talk a little bit about the future of the Broncos over the next few weeks and the playoffs. by Coke Zero. I drink about three of them during every podcast. And, and I'm brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings and the fine people at Stickers. Um, and this is the MHR Radio Podcast, by the way. we got to plug the name a lot, Ian. MHR Radio. Radio Podcast. The number one Denver Broncos podcast on iTunes. Now we should do like Mike and Mike in the morning. We need to alternate like Mike and Mike in the morning, ESPN Radio. That's what one of them says. The other guy says the other thing. So MHR. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Oh. We'll, we'll work on it, folks. We'll work on it. Yeah, we're gonna, Speaking of work, the Denver Broncos have some work to do. The Denver Broncos came uh, Tuesday, had a Broncos versus Broncos practice. That's thought, still. That was Monday. No, you're right. That's Monday. And it was minus Peyton Manning. So, how Broncos can you be without Peyton Manning? So, Broncos versus Broncos practice with Brock Osweiler operating the Peyton Manning role. So it was the Broncos, Broncos versus the Broncos. Broncos versus Broncos in preparation for former Broncos head coach, Wade Phillips, who's the interim head coach for the team that used to be the Denver Broncos junior, Houston Texans. I'm, I'm confused. Who's playing who? Mike Shanahan is what? <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. No. Okay. The Denver Broncos are, are taking on the 2-12 and 12. Houston Texans, the deceptive 2-12, and 12, though, Kyle. They have had some really, really close games, including close games against the Seattle Seahawks and the New England Patriots. They were handing it. and They were handing it to the New England Patriots even worse than the Broncos were handing it to the New England Patriots at halftime. They were at 28 uh, nothing, I believe, and then Gary Kubiak had his health issue where, this, you know, the scary moment when he didn't quite make it into uh, yeah, halftime. Yeah. You, uh, now, you, you have to wonder if these if these guys are playing for an interim head coach, they want to be the head coach. I mean, if Wade Phillips gets them in the mindset where he's playing for a possible head coaching job, I mean, I haven't been following Houston Texans news, so maybe that's out of the picture. But if that's if that's the case, they have something to play for. 
sometimes teams who are two and twelve don't have anything to play for. They have they have the first overall pick in the draft to play for, so they're not going to play them. They've given up. Is that the case with Houston? What's your take? The they didn't play last week that they were playing like Wade Phillips wanted them to be. <laughs> um, they did not do very well. Who did they play last week? Did they play the the Jacksonville Jaguars? I think they might have. I think they might have played the. They did not play a good team, and they lost. It was like kind of like the uh, number one pick bowl. Like who's if no, Teddy was, Bridgewater decides what? Oh, it was Indianapolis. I think I'm Indianapolis. Yep. Okay, so they got handed to him by one of the better teams in the NFL. Never mind. Take that back. But the Colts um, have been on a downslide. I mean, they had been. The Colts had lost a few games in a row, or lost three out of four, or something. Yeah, they went. They the Colts by winning that game went one up. Um, they haven't passed. They haven't surpassed the Cincinnati Bengals, but um, the Bengals and Patriots both. I mean, the Patriots specifically do not have an easy schedule ahead of them. Um, but the Colts right now sit in the fourth seed, tied record-wise with the Patriots and the Bengals. Except the Bengals, and the Patriots both have tiebreakers over the Colts. If they were to slide again, the Colts could move up, and I don't think that there's I any way. That that's Colts, right. I thought the Colts were eight and five. They are, yeah, they're one game down. The, the yeah, Bengals are nine and four, and the Patriots are nine and four. Nine and four. Or and I mean, we, Colts, we don't we don't do our homework here. They're ten and four. The Bengals are nine and five, and the Colts are nine and five. So you were right. The Bengals and Colts have the same record, nine and five, and the New England Patriots are ten and four. Broncos are eleven and three, as are the Chiefs. And the Colts have the Kansas City Chiefs this week. And what a game that'll be. That's one of the, the teams that the Broncos lost to. I mean, that was, uh, you know, the Peyton Manning Bowl. Andrew Luck showed up, Peyton Manning, and now the Chiefs get to face this team. They're not as hot as they were against the Broncos. Against, I mean, the Colts beat the Seahawks. The Colts beat the Broncos. They were, they had an argument um, to be one of the better teams in the NFL. Now they're a different team. They're not playing quite as well. And uh, I hope the Chiefs see the tough version of the Colts. I wonder if. Andrew Luck will see those Star Wars numbers that get Jim Irsay and the Colts into the into the uh, win column against the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're talking about the Texans. Texans. Wade Phillips, former Denver Broncos head coach, former Denver Broncos defensive coordinator. Um, at one point, Wade Phillips was the defensive coordinator. Mike Shannon was the offensive coordinator. And that was cool. <laughs> And Dan Reeves was the coach. I didn't know but, that they um, were both coordinators under Dan Reeves. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, Dan Reeves has kind of a cool coaching tree. If you want to go back uh, and look at Dan Reeves, Mike Shanahan, John Elway were plotting against Dan Reeves, and, or he felt so, so Mike Shanahan, whatever. So, Directed yeah, Tommy Maddox, so yeah, okay. <laughs> at one point in uh, in the season, John Elway was hurt, and Tommy Maddox and, and a quarterback named Sean Moore flip-flop series as to who, like, Tommy Max would come on for one series, he would come off, Sean Moore would come on. Sean Moore would come on for one series, Tommy Max would come on for one series. It was it was one of the more absurd things in Denver Broncos history. One of the other absurd things was uh, when, when Von Miller had his suspension earlier this season, there were people who were saying, we should have gotten... A player from the Houston Texans instead. He's a much better player. He ends up being, you know, just keeps his nose clean. And that's not many bad things you can say about J.J. Watt. He's community outreacher. He's a seems like a fun guy to. I'd let him date my sister. You would let J.J. Watt date your sister? I think so. I wouldn't let anyone date my sister. She's married, so. But anyway, <laughs> as is mine. <laughs> um. I don't know. Would you take looking back on it? Is there anyone you would take over Von Miller? I can. I cannot objectively separate myself from the orange and blue blood that flows through my veins. There is no one on the earth better than Von Miller. I don't care about a suspension. I don't care about anything. I can't. I I can criticize a player. I can do that. But I would never say I would rather have this player than that. I I just not not when they're good. I can can say I can say that for like a the the name jumped into my head. Javar. Jarvis Moss, but you know, uh, other than that, it's, it's <laughs> uh, you know, Von, Von Miller's our Pro Bowler. Von Miller's our future Hall of Famer. He's going to get his stuff together. I'm pulling for Von Miller. I'm all for Von Miller unless he gets in trouble one more time. Then I definitely want a JJ Watt. <laughs> <If Von> Miller- <laughs> <laughs> and I might be right there with you. I, I, 
I'm I'm back in orange and blue La La Land, as Mile High reporters call it. Um, and so I'm an, again a fan of Von Miller. He needs to play better this season. But and I know John uh, Joan mentioned how Von Miller. I'm sorry, Joan. I just called you John. Joan mentioned <laughs> how Von Miller is not having a, as good of a season as he was last year. But he had a really good game too. I mean, he caused two turnovers. He had a sack. He had a decent game two weeks ago where he where he he created an interception and he, and he created a fumble and I, he's he's you saw last week against the Chargers they were running to Von Miller and if they got Von Miller inside Brian Matthews ran for twelve yards or fifteen yards at a, on a whim like it, it was it was Von Miller who did, who they needed to control and as soon as they got control of him they made yardage and they just ran all over the Broncos because of you know they were able to contain Von Miller. You know, Von Miller's gotten consistently great rankings from Pro Football Focus. We always quote that website. We, we like it a lot. He's not getting into the sack column this year, and that's frustrating. That's his. That's where he makes highlights. That's where he makes his money. Um, he has five sacks on the season so far. That's, you know, considering that he missed the first six games of the year and he's only played half a season, he's, in, in that regard, pretty much on pace with his rookie year where he had 11 and a half sacks. But, um, you know, it's just... Well, he's played eight games this year. Yeah, he's played a full half season. It's been a disappointing 2013 for Von Miller, and it started in June um, with the news of his potential suspension. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if there's any team to get – if, if Stell's going to get a groove back, it might as well be against the Houston Texans. And time for um, the – I mean, there's a lot of records that are coming down to this week because you don't know what – you know, let's say let's say all goes right for the Broncos and every team wins or loses. Every team that needs to wins wins, and every team that needs to lose loses. And the and the Broncos have a week 17 in which it doesn't really matter um, whether we win or not. I don't like we're gonna have to set those those records against the Houston Texans. How many? What's the what's the touchdown number that the magic touchdown number Peyton Manning means? I think it's four, right? I think it's four. I think so. Yeah, we got four. We got. Um, we got three players in contention for um, touchdown records. We've got no Sean Reyna looking down the barrel of a of a record season. Defensively, there's probably not a lot of records that we're looking to gain, but uh, not any records we're going to be proud of. <laughs> right? Um, Have the Broncos uh, just been misusing Von Miller? I mean, is that what it is? It, it feels like that to me. It feels like I'm watching game tape and Von Miller disappears. And then when I, when I watch him closely sometimes, he's just standing there. It's like he doesn't want to rush the passer. He's kind of spying the quarterback, making sure he doesn't escape. And it's frustrating that somebody who is as freakishly athletic and just incredibly talented at getting after the quarterback as Vaughn Miller is not going after the quarterback every single play. Right, and you look at the, the amount of fines Vaughn Miller. Vaughn Miller just got a fine, I think, two weeks ago um, for a hit on 25K. Yeah, and he, he's getting up to the point where he might get suspended for the amount of fines he's had, and maybe that's made him a little triggered, you know, a little uh, trigger shy. I don't really know that Von Miller's going to change the way he hits the quarterback, but uh, it's got to play into you, your head a little bit when you're like, look, I'm however many thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars in on the NFL, and if I hit another quarterback in the head, I might be suspended for a game. I don't know if that comes into, into his mind. I, I mean, he's not... As he's proven, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to personal decisions. <laughs> but I, I think it, I think it, I mean it comes down to this. I think I, I mentioned it during when we were interviewing with uh, Joan. Champ Bailey, whether if Champ Bailey is on the field, if you get an extra millisecond, if you get an extra half a second because Champ Bailey's covering a corner because he's covering a receiver, you get an extra full second. I mean, that's an extra second that Von Miller has to get the quarterback. And when you watch Von Miller, when he is in there, he's he's a half a second away from the quarterback. He's a millisecond away from the quarterback. And maybe that's that's it. Maybe, you know, you have two strong cornerbacks, whether Champ Bailey's lost a step or not, like, they're he's going to get the, the attention of the quarterback. You're, you're right. I mean, it's a team game. And the coverage sacks are a sack that Von Miller was good at. I just don't even feel like he's a half second or a second away anymore. I haven't seen that. And I think that's the difference that I'm trying to, to communicate. And maybe if I'm having trouble communicating it, I'll work on my podcasting skills. But I just don't think that he's been on the verge of getting to the quarterback as much. He hasn't been as noticeable. 
And he's he's a player on the field who's supposed to be noticeable. A defensive tackle who's not noticeable, that's okay. That means he's doing his job. He's he's eating up blocks and you know, if he disappears, that just means he's got a lot of opposing opposing jerseys hitting him. But Von Miller is supposed to make plays. He's made some plays. I mean, he's probably made more plays than anyone else on the defense, frankly. Um, but he, he hasn't been himself. He's he's on one game and off another game. He's really good against the Patriots. He's really bad against the Chiefs. He's really good against the Titans. He's really bad against the Chiefs. He's, he's good one quarter, and then he's bad one quarter. I don't think he's put together three straight quarters of good football, like like highlight real football. And we've seen that from him before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, I want to make a care to make a uh, guess. Want to make a guess on the Houston Texans Denver Broncos final score? I don't. I'm tired of doing that because the last <laughs> one I guessed was 41 to 24, and we lost 27 to 20. It was pretty bad. Well, I mean, I haven't scouted this team enough yet. I'm gonna dig into the Texans. I couldn't remember their quarterback's name. Ian had to remind me of it during the break. Um, Case Keenum, right? Case Keenum. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Case Keenum. Uh, so I haven't scouted these guys enough yet. I've got a quick here's, what, are, here's what, are those, the, what are those things called in the rec TV? The quick shot, whatever they the thirty minute yeah. snippet of it. And yeah, I've got that to yeah. watch. And so I'll watch that and I'll look up some stats and we'll post the first look at them here in the next few hours on Mile High Reporter. But until then I'm I mean, I think the Broncos will win. I think the Broncos are a better team and they'll win by double digits, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, I don't know. I, I don't care to put a number on it yet. I think that uh, Peyton Manning has lost to the Houston Texans. I believe this is completely off the top of my head. I believe he's lost to the Houston Texans twice in his career. And he, you know, as an Indianapolis Colt, he played them twice a season for his entire career up until last year. And remember last season, he did lose to the Houston Texans in Denver. So um, if it, you know, players want to, or fans always want to talk about trap games, this might be a trap game that the Houston Texans, as bad as their record goes, they've, they've, I think they've played like six games in which they've lost by less than seven points. You, know, you turn that around, this is an eight-win football team, and that's not a bad team. That's a, that's a team that's right in the middle, right in the thick of it when it comes to playoff contention. They might be, even be the sixth seed. Uh, the playing with Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips is coaching for the job. He does want that head coaching job in Houston. I think they'd be crazy to give it to him just based on his, his uh, provenance with the Buffalo Bills and the Dallas Cowboys and the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos. Yeah. I don't know what um, that word means, but I think it means history. It does mean – it means history. Ooh, look uh, at that context. Clues <laughs> working for me. Um, yeah. But the, it seems like uh, running back like LaShawn McCoy, no problem. We'll shut him down. Running back like Jamal Charles, no problem. Shut him down. Running back like Ryan Matthews, career game. You know, the Houston Texans don't have Arian Foster for this game, but they do have Ben Tate and – He's one of those backs that, that we don't necessarily focus on. We're probably more worried about Case Keenum throwing a 60-yard pass to Andre Johnson or DeAndre Hopkins uh, consistently, and we're going to completely forget about Ben Tate. I don't know. Um, it would be nice to see the Broncos get it together in this game against Case Keenum and get it together next week against uh, McGloin heading into the playoffs with a little bit of steam on their defense, shutting out two teams. That would be really cool. You know, that, that was the question that I asked on the AFC Westwatch post in my high report. There was a poll, and I thought it was a good poll. Sometimes the polls are just, like, obvious, and everybody's going to say the same thing. And this time I felt like I got asked a good question. Which would you rather have? Would you rather the Broncos clinch the playoffs in week 16? Or, I'm sorry, clinch the division. That means Broncos win plus the Chiefs lose this week. And that way they can take some heat off Peyton Manning and company, some pressure off. Or would you rather them have to play hard in week 17, go into the – playoffs um hot with you know without resting those starters which would you prefer uh, another week of rest or going in hot and i was surprised that i was in the minority um i think most people agree with what you just said ian they wanted to see the broncos play hard and play well for two more weeks of the regular season and not get that break yeah you see just this season alone i'm peyton manning had two weeks to prepare for the baltimore ravens he had two weeks you know um, two weeks to prepare for who do we play coming out of the bye? Was that the Chiefs? Uh, I think no. it was the Chargers. The Chargers and the Chargers. The Chargers have handed to us twice. On we forget how close that first game was. Like they know how to play Peyton. And they, they know how to play Peyton. They know how to play this defense. That's all it is. They they can keep a long. 
torturous drive going. And that's all they did. They kept Peyton Manning off the field because they, they did not fear. They had One, they have a quarterback who can execute it. I mean, Phillip mm-hmm. Rivers is one of the better quarterbacks in this league, and the Broncos haven't faced anyone who is as accurate as him. So they have someone who can convert third downs. And so they just did that. They were just like, well, we'll dink and dunk, get long drives, eight-minute drives, three points, doesn't matter. Like, that's that's might as well be 14 points because it kept Peyton Manning off the field for eight minutes. Let's talk real quick. Let's look really far into the future. Let's look four weeks into the future. You've already said that you don't want to see the Chiefs in the playoffs. Who's the other? Who's the team that you do hope for in the playoffs? Like who's the team? I that, don't like, hope. I, I refuse to hope for teams in the playoffs. I think <laughs> Andrew Mason talked about it on Twitter, and I, I know I'm like going twice against answering your question now. Sorry, but I, I've never been someone who says I hope I get this team in the playoffs. Um, I think I might have said that about the Ravens last year, and man, did I regret that <laughs> happened. Ever I, uh... since the 2005 season, ever since we were sitting. We beat the Patriots in the divisional game. And the other game in that playoffs week was Peyton Manning and the Colts, who looked unstoppable that year, and the wild card Pittsburgh Steelers visiting Indianapolis. Everybody watched that game. It was the night after the Broncos won. Who were we going to play? Everybody wanted the Steelers to win because that meant we'd get a home game. Mm-hmm. And that meant we were facing the Steelers, not Peyton Manning. We got Everybody wanted the Steelers. And it bit us in the ass. We got handed. It wasn't even a close game, really. Jake Plummer and the Broncos got handed by Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, and they went on to win the Super Bowl. Um, cheering for teams in the playoffs is against my nature. I don't I don't know that there's a team in the playoffs that the Broncos can't beat. I'm hoping for the Chargers just for the uh, for the showmanship of, of I our game. <laughs> I'll take any opportunity I can to play the San Diego Chargers with Peyton Manning as the quarterback. Uh, we don't, uh, you know, we don't know how it's going to be. Philip Rivers isn't going to retire anytime soon, and you know, three years from now it might be Brock Osweiler versus Philip Rivers, and I don't think that game's going to go well. So I'm hoping for the San Diego Chargers. Um, I'll answer your just question. to top it up. Okay, I'll answer your question. I'm hoping not the Broncos will play. I'm hoping the Broncos will beat. I'll word it that way because I'm superstitious. I'm hoping the Broncos will beat the Baltimore freaking Ravens in the playoffs. Get that sweet uh, purple crow revenge. So you're kind of hoping – so that would mean that the, the Baltimore Ravens have to beat the Patriots this weekend, which I think is completely completely possible. They're playing in Baltimore. I think the Ravens have a number of different ways to make the playoffs. Um, I think there are a lot of situations in their favor because they're tied with the Dolphins and they're ahead of everyone else. They have to lose and, a bunch, and the Chargers have to win out and another thing has to happen. And the Ravens right. seem pretty – Right now, it's between the Ravens and the Dolphins, and I don't, the Dolphins are one of those teams. Like I don't, the I don't. Ravens can still win the division. The, the Ravens yeah. still have a, a strong chance of winning the division against the Bengals, which would be an upset. Right now, yeah, I mean, really, the only contention in the in the AFC playoffs is who's going to get that sixth seed. And right now, it's between the Dolphins, the Ravens, and possibly the Chargers. But there's there's a long, a lot that the Chargers need to do in order because I think they're a game back behind the Ravens and the Dolphins. Yes, they are. But uh. Yeah. You all caught up on Homeland? Yes, I can't talk about Homeland out of respect <laughs> to my roommate who's downstairs with me right now. He hasn't seen it yet. And if we talked about it, it would spoil it for him. But yes, I've seen it. You can talk. He, he can't we, we No, I, I, I'm going to give you guys one more week to watch Homeland before we discuss it because okay, it's, good call. it would be the biggest. This is like, yeah, we can't. I don't know that we can say what happened this episode without spoiling the like, entire season if you're going to wait for Netflix. So we will uh, wait on that, and I'll well, tell you Just to tell watch. me if you liked it. Um, yeah, yeah, and I wish I could tell you specifically why. <laughs> it, it's getting back to reality a little bit, which I like. Yeah. It was yeah. losing that quite a bit. It was getting into 24 land for it, me. Right. They 20, were, 24 just got to the point of ridiculousness, like – Jack Bauer just does every insane thing in the world, and the president still got his back. And then he also survives that explosion and that one, other one too. And it was just right. you know, it, it, Homeland was getting to that point, and what, they got what, a little bit more rooted in the end of the season. What they did at the end of this season is something that they planned on doing at the end of the first season, prior to finding out how much the audience liked certain aspects of the show. Yeah. Uh, and well said, so spoiler yeah. free. Well said. <laughs> and that's about as far as I can go with that. But so, so yes, I did. I did like, um, I didn't personally like it, but I liked it. 
It wasn't it wasn't all Game of Thrones where you're just like I don't watch I Game watch. of Thrones, don't spoil it. <laughs> are you, are you going to watch it eventually? Yeah, probably. Game of Thrones, you're well aware that there are some moments when you're just like, I don't want to watch the show anymore. There's just no reason to watch it because they're just going to ruin it for me. They're, anybody I like dies. I get, I, dinosaurs. Get that, I get that gist, yeah. <laughs> but no show um, will ever compare to Breaking Bad. I had a great time watching Breaking Bad on my iPad. I just love that show. <laughs> I have a... Um, a t-shirt for you for Christmas, but I can't wait to give it to you. Oh, that's <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us on the uh, Brian Dawkins episode of MHR Podcast. I am Ian Henson, and we are joined by Jan. Playing. He is alive and waving at you right now with his mic off. And Kyle Montgomery. Kyle Montgomery is looking good with his fresh new haircut, by the way. I don't know if you you probably see him in the picture that Jan will tweet out at some point. My but, hair uh, flew away when I jumped out of the airplane. <laughs> we got to talk about jumping out of the airplane real quick. Jumping out of the airplane, what was, your, what was your biggest takeaway from jumping out of an airplane? That this is what it feels like to be a Raiders fan every year? Oh, mine was... That was not rehearsed. That was on the moment. <laughs> Boom, zing. <laughs> Mine, um, I was absolutely, I was, the first time I ever jumped out of an airplane, I was directing a commercial. I, 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 so I was filming everything. So I was trying to keep my shit together. Excuse me. Excuse my French. I'm trying to, trying to hold yourself together and um, give camera directions. At the same time, I'm absolutely terrified of dying. Were you at that, did you ever have that moment where you're free falling? Because you only free fall for like, what, three, three minutes, something like that? Oh, mine was much less. You free, uh, I free fall for 20 seconds. Uh, well, I mean, it feels like an hour though. It's 20 seconds, it's like an hour. Were you pointing out, were you looking on the ground being like, I could land there if the chute doesn't open, I could land there if the chute doesn't open? It was the most amazing experience probably of my life, and I would recommend it to anyone who's never done it. I, I skydived for those, but jumping out of an airplane, what are you talking about? I skydived for the first time this weekend, and uh, it was an amazing, amazing time, and I loved it. And there's a YouTube of it, and there's a creative caption of it, and you can see it on my high report because somebody else on the staff posted it. But yeah, it was fun. <laughs> All right, guys, well, have a great week. Um, call your mom. She loves you. Bye. It, it is the holidays too. Go, go say hi to her. <laughs> oh yeah, we uh, we will probably not talk to you before Christmas. So Merry have Christmas. a merry merry Christmas. Happy or, holidays. Yeah, happy holidays. And go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos.